Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Welcome back to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and certified medical laser safety officer, and I'm the founder of LTI, and I founded LTI to bring good education about laser therapy in particular to practitioners who are aware that they need it and are looking for it. We really focus on the high-intensity laser therapy devices, If you are new to laser therapy, we're not referring to laser therapy in a laser surgery sense here. We're talking about biostimulation of the tissues. The current best term is actually photobiomodulation, and it refers back to using light or photons to drive a stimulatory process in the patient's biology. And the way that works is by using very specific colors of light deep into the tissues to drive increased circulation increased oxygenation of injured tissues, and better metabolism, better cellular metabolism in and around the area that's been damaged. That is what drives cellular repair, and that is what drives pain reduction as well. If you want to find out more, head over to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can learn more about the process there. If you're looking for laser therapy training, we're one of the very, very few resources that are out there for clinicians using high-intensity laser. Again, you can learn more about us at our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. But I'm here to talk to you today about managing lumbar disc patients with a focus on how to use laser therapy to help those lumbar disc patients. And the thing is, in most of our podcast episodes, what we'll do is we'll go back to a laser therapy study. We'll explain that in detail so that it's easy to comprehend in this all audio format. Something you can do on your way to work or on a road trip or while you're in the gym even to be able to learn about some of the most current research on laser therapy without having to go through these studies yourself. Now, today's research shows a little bit different because this isn't laser therapy research. This is research specifically about low back disc herniations, how they affect patients and how to make sure that low back disc herniation patients are managed appropriately. I think it's really interesting and it ties into laser therapy and I'll get to that at the end. So let's get started. I'm going to give you the title of this study right off the top. It's rather provocatively called, Does Size Matter? An analysis of the effect of lumbar disc herniation size on the success of non-operative treatment. The classic question, does size matter? Here we're talking about lumbar disc herniation size specifically. Now this was published in the Global Spine Journal just back in 2020 by researchers based out of Harvard Medical School. So, very prestigious sponsor and says a lot of interesting things that I think all healthcare providers really need to hear more about. Whether you are in the primary care field or you're a chiropractor or you're a physical therapist working with these patients all the time or an orthopedist who sees these patients all the time. I think this is critically important research. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pull a quote from this article right off the top to set the tone. They say, quote, the rate of spine surgery in the United States is the highest in the world, approximately five times that of England or Scotland. Now that should signal to you right there that there is something about the way we approach surgeries here in the U.S. that is fundamentally different from the rest of the world. Yes, we have significant problems with diabetes 
and obesity, and that definitely does contribute. But seriously, five times that of other developed countries, that is a significant difference. Now, the authors do say this may be due to a lack of standardization of practices across countries, or it could be due to the fear of potentially missing a diagnosis of cauda equina uh, in the setting of especially large, fearsome disc herniations. But they say regardless of the reason, implementing evidence-based medicine to ensure best practices across a surgical community is perhaps the best way to avoid operating unnecessarily and adding to the economic burden caused by lumbar disc herniations. We already know that when it comes to musculoskeletal injuries and pain, low back pain is the biggest by far, and low back disc herniations do occur a lot in the population. Nevertheless, here in the U.S., it seems to me, and it seems to be pointed out by these authors, that we are not handling these surgical rates very well. So what does this come back to? Let's dig into the rest of the study, and I think it'll become more apparent as we go through what these factors are and what you should be doing about it as a clinician. The study starts off by saying that some surgeons use the size of a lumbar disc herniation to determine whether or not a patient will ultimately fail non-operative management and require surgery. However, literature is controversial at best in its support of utilizing disc size to inform surgical management of lumbar disc herniations. They say that unless patients are suffering from exigent conditions such as cauda equina syndrome or a profound or progressive neurological deficit necessitating immediate surgery, most patient symptoms resolve without significant intervention. Let me reread that. Most patient symptoms resolve without significant intervention. That means we're sending people to surgery who didn't need surgery. They go on to say later in the paper that over 90% of lumbar disc herniations will resolve on their own, and that even massive disc herniations can be successfully treated conservatively, even with as much as 85% obstruction of the spinal canal. Those cases can still be treated conservatively. They say there's no statistical association between the size of a disc herniation and the likelihood that a patient will fail conservative treatment and ultimately require surgery and that in non-emergent settings, managing a lumbar disc herniation conservatively for several weeks before offering surgery appears to be prudent. In this study, only 8.7% of the 368 patients analyzed ultimately required surgery. They say that's consistent with other literature as well. They finish out this study saying the vast majority of patients experienced resolution of their symptoms with conservative management, there's no correlation between the size of a disc herniation and the likelihood that a patient will require surgery after six weeks of non-operative management, and it serves as a reminder for clinicians and patients to exhibit patience in the treatment of lumbar disc herniations. Again, let me emphasize, this is outside of things that are red flags, like cauda equina syndrome and that severe progressive neurologic factors. If we're talking about sciatic pain, low back pain, that does not involve those red flags, then you should be performing at least six weeks of conservative care. If you're not, if you're taking those patients who have the large disc herniations and sending them straight to surgery, you might be doing them a disservice. You need to be delivering conservative care plans to see if that will take care of their low back disc herniation 
prior to sending them off to the surgeon, or at least working with a surgeon to get a good care plan going. Maybe setting up a consult and then a follow-up with the surgeon at six, eight, ten weeks, somewhere in there, to see how well your conservative care plan has done. You can expect to see the vast majority of your lumbar disc herniation patients improve non-operatively. Again, as long as we're not talking about red flag patients. So the next step here is really creating that lumbar disc conservative care plan for your patients. Six weeks is what's recommended here in this study. That seems to be pretty reasonable. Go ahead and set up a six-week care plan for these patients. Obviously, you want to be doing your re-exams every two, three, four weeks, somewhere in there, to make sure you're getting some level of improvement. Make sure the patient isn't actively getting worse or now exhibiting some of those red flags. But go ahead and plan out six weeks worth of care. What type of care should fit in there? Well, there's quite a bit that we know works well for lumbar disc herniations. Number one, we know that core strengthening is excellent for reducing pressure on the disc and for long-term maintenance of the lumbar spine. You need to have good core activity in your patients. Otherwise, even if you get the pain down, they're going to continue to have issues in the future because instead of the core absorbing the pressure and strain of lifting and walking, they're going to be putting that pressure and strain right into the spine where it does not belong, and it is going to exacerbate existing disc issues. It will make new disc issues pop up as well. Core strengthening is great. That's more on the long term, though. What do we do immediately in the immediate term? An offloading brace can be very helpful. Offloading braces can help reduce pressure on the spine and reinforce the core musculature's support of the low back. Many, many times, this gives very rapid relief to patients and allows them to still go about their day. They can still go to work. They can still go and do the things they need to do, pick up the kids, make dinner, things like that without aggravating that low back herniation. Here's another one that most of you have probably heard of, flexion distraction treatment or decompression. And that is targeted at rehydrating the disc and helping that disc recovery overall. Those three are certainly something you should be considering if that's appropriate for your patient. Core strengthening, an offloading lumbar back brace, and then flexion distraction or decompression treatment. But this is a laser therapy podcast, so you know I'm going to talk about laser therapy next. Laser therapy has been shown to have excellent effects for low back disc-related pain. There is some evidence that by decreasing inflammation, improving blood flow to that area, you're going to have good repair of the disc material itself. And absolutely, you'll be stimulating pain reduction and reduction of inflammation by using laser therapy over and around that injured disc. With those four components and the six-week care plan, you're going to see the great majority of those lumbar disc herniation patients improve well. And further, those who don't have good improvement, you can send them off to surgery knowing that they're probably going to get good results from that surgery because you've already done everything you can to prep those tissues. You've got them already working on strengthening. You've already helped the circulatory status of that injured area. And the better circulation to the area we have, the faster that post-surgical recovery will go. And you can get them right back in after surgery and start in with good core rehab as well as laser to help with that post-surgical recovery. Again, if you're in a conservative care health field like physical therapy or chiropractic, you should be setting up your lumbar disc herniation patients with a conservative care plan before they go to surgery. Again, barring any red flags. 
But if you're a surgeon, you owe it to your patients to let them try conservative care first. Many of your patients will do very well with conservative care and will be able to go on and avoid surgical downtimes and risks. Those who don't improve, if you have good follow-up with that conservative care expert you're talking with and working with, then you can get that patient knowing that you've checked all the boxes, you've done everything possible to help the patient avoid the surgery. This truly is their only option. They need this surgery. They're going to get in there and you're, you're going to do well. This patient will recover well. If you're going to do this and you're going to do laser therapy and you need laser settings and the protocols for lumbar disc herniation patients, get a hold of us. We've got all the settings, all the protocols, the scheduling, the whole bit. We help you with patient management and even integrating this care with your surgical practice or your conservative care practice. You can go to lasertherapyinstitute.org. There's a lot of free resources there. You can learn more right away or send us an email, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. We love talking to other providers. We love being able to assist with what we can help with. And no matter what, I'll be back here with you next week with more research, more information about laser therapy, conservative care, and how to grow your practice. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.